Savior Jesus Christ. We hope this day might be blessed with the presence of that Holy Spirit. Uh, this morning, I want to put out special thanks to Shelby and Brenda. They come in, come to bat at the last moment. Uh, our sister Laura come down with a little illness, and uh, so she wasn't able to make it. So we want to thank them for uh, particularly stepping up. And uh, remember, Laura, that she would uh, certainly use your prayers at this time. Her sister Sherilyn continues to be a stalwart when it comes to that piano. She can always count on her. She's always there. We thank her very much for that. And, and that represents people years of practice and, and preparation and dedication. For her and the ladies that sang, they all, this is, they don't just walk up here and do this. They work for hours on their craft, and they should be honored and respected for that. For the benefit of the recording, and to those that may not know the priesthood up on the rostrum this morning, Elder Justin Jones will be bringing the invocation. Deacon Annie Carnahan will have the offertory. Elder Ray Wheeler will bring our message this morning, and we ask you uphold him in your prayers. Elder Dennis Seymour will bring the benediction, and I am Dan Walker. During our walk in this world, it seems almost unavoidable that we won't be struggled, struggling to grow. In an environment determined to overshadow, push out, or choke us. According to Missouri Conservation, something, plant or animal, is neither is either native or non I'm sorry, is either native or non native. And those who those two of those two there are three types. There's an invasive, there's a nuisance, and an aggressive. The invasive species are aggressive non-native species whose presence caused or is likely to cause harm to the environment, economy, and or human health. A nuisance species are native to the local landscape but still can cause a problem. Aggressive species are those that spread rapidly and can out-compete other species. They can be native or non-native and may be aggressive in some situations but not in others. They are termed aggressive because they can often take over and push out other species of their area. And of course, this is what we uh, are concerned about. Is uh, Satan has his minions out there trying to crowd us out, and we struggle and fight to to walk that straight and narrow path. Well, if we have to start stepping around these other things growing up in our way, uh, it makes our life a little more difficult. It looked just the same, just as rewarding in the end, or maybe more so. Regardless of the challenge we face, we are to develop and mature so we become fruit for the harvest. And I share with you this morning out of the 13th chapter of Matthew, 22nd verse to to the 29th verse. Another parable, but he put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while he slept in, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in, in, in the field? Whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath come done this. 
And the saints and the servants said unto him, Wilt thou that we go out and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest nay, less while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in that time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the wheat unto my barn, and the tares are bound in bundles and burned. So we don't want to be crowded out by the tares. We want to become fruit for the harvest. Let's continue by the singing of hymn number 210, hymn 210. Almighty God, it is in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we approach thy throne. And the Lord, I would present to you this congregation. Lord, each one has gathered here this morning. They bear with them burdens, pains and sorrows, and joys and happiness of victories won. And Lord, some are in the midst of a battle. And Lord, we would pray and ask that you would send your angels to minister unto each one, that each heart and each mind might be opened to receive the ministry which you have prepared for us this day. 
And Lord, as we ponder this good news, I would pray for my brother Ray as he stands ready. Lord, may that Holy Ghost which you have given to him, may it have utterance through him. May you open his heart and his mind and may you unloose his tongue. Loose his tongue. That he might be able to speak those words of life. And that you would bless him that all of his experiences in life and the experiences and the learning he has done would be brought to bear upon this time. May he draw from that well of knowledge and experience. Lord, may you forgive this people of their sins. May they lay them at your feet to pick them up no more. And Lord, I would pray and ask that for those who are ailing and infirm and sick and afflicted, Lord, may You bestow a blessing upon them even now. May they feel the impress of Thy Spirit. May each one here be free to worship You in spirit and in truth. May Your Holy Ghost rest upon each one here. May You speak now through Your servant and that we might hear. Lord, please prepare our hearts and minds even now. And I would ask this in the name of Your Son, even Jesus Christ. Amen. If you'll bow with me. Our Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for giving us, and um, I'll ask, I'd ask that you um, bless this money that is collected here as our stewardship, as part of our stewardship, that we might go close to you and continue to do thy will, and also pray that the money as it goes through the hands after it's collected, that it might be used according to thy will, and guidance and direction of those that do handle it afterwards. And I'm asking thy most holy name, even Jesus Christ's name. Amen. The scripture reading this morning comes from 3 Nephi, 2nd chapter, verse 97. Behold, I am a disciple of Jesus Christ. I have been called by him to declare his word among his people that they might have everlasting life.
And uh, sometimes we do, uh, a lot of times, and too many times, we get buried in our day-to-day activities of making a living, raising a family, uh, creating an income. And um, sometimes it's, uh, it, get, we get bogged down, and, and we aren't able to. As I look at my life, gee, I wish, I wish that I would have been able to spend more time. And I hope that maybe one person had some, uh, had, were drawn in some way closer to my Lord because of the ministry the Lord has allowed me to bring. Um, there's so many uh, opportunities that we have, and, and, and we're told over and over again, and in um, uh, in the scriptures about the love of, of Jesus, and I, uh, as some of you were here a couple Wednesday back, when uh, our brother uh, um, Mike was uh, was actually the prayer service right after Valentine's Day, and he was talking about love and talking about the the uh, um, the the pure love of Christ, and that's where I'm I'm, I'm going here. Um, excuse me, I I didn't want to do this. I wanted to to get this. Uh, uh, typed up so that I wouldn't have to dig through here and, and waste time, but my typing is a little slow, so uh, uh, Moroni uh, 7, uh, starting with verse 50, And if a man be meek and lowly in heart, and confess by the power of the Holy Ghost, that Jesus is the Christ, he must needs have charity. For if he have not charity, he is nothing. Wherefore, he must needs have charity. And charity suffereth long, and is kind, and envieth not, and is not puffed up, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, and rejects Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. Beareth all, beareth all things, believeth all things, hoped all things, endure all things. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, if you have not charity, you're nothing. For charity never faileth. Wherefore, cleave unto charity, which is the greatest of all. For all things must fail. But charity is the pure love of Christ, and it endureth forever. And whosoever is found possessed of it in the last day, it shall be well with him. And as as, uh, as Mike pointed out, that charity is love, and the pure love of God. So we can substitute the word charity for love, because it is the pure love of God. And as I looked at at experiences I've had through through my life, I, I uh, uh, have uh, served as a pastor for probably ten or twelve years, uh, off and on. And um, if I wasn't leading, I was behind pushing. And I think that's what sometimes we have to do. You can't. You're not. So sometimes you need somebody behind you giving you a shove. And so that's kind of how I have um, lived my life, especially since I've been to uh, in the city of Zion. Um, I, uh, I grew and in this testimony many of you guys have heard. So bear with me as I repeat. And it never comes out the same way twice anyway. But it's... It, uh, um, but I grew up in a small town, about 6,000 people. And I mean, compared to today and compared to Independence, and, and uh, we, we sat 
off by ourselves. And in a small high school, there was, uh, I think, 97 kids in my class. And I think I rated 86 out of 97. So I wasn't really the sharpest tack in the, in the class. I, uh, I really didn't like school. And I just went there because, especially when I got into high school and junior high school, I got into sports and I had to go to school if I wanted to play in sports. And when I got to, got to uh, <clears throat> the, we had one major industry in town. It was a paper mill. And everybody that we knew, uh, they grew up, went to, uh, graduated from high school, went to the paper mill, worked there, retired, and lived happily ever after in town. And that was my mentality. That's what I wanted to do. I never dreamed. I mean, I had heard about the gospel. I had heard about Zion. And I heard about the hope that was in it. So, but uh, that was for the rest of you guys. I was just going to be happy living there in town and, and uh, raising my kids. And, and most of them retired pretty well, actually. Uh, <clears throat> but we had a had a uh, witnessing weekend, and there was uh, the, the, the guest captain of his team uh, uh, was Jim Lorenzen. He was the 70 that came from up in central Washington. And he uh, spent the week with us, or the weekend with us at my house. I happened to be pastor at the time. And uh, in his final sermon, what he, he challenged us. Are you where the Lord wants you to be? And I challenge you today. Are you where the Lord wants you to be? And are you doing what the Lord has asked you to do? And uh, my family began to make a, a uh, uh, make it a matter of prayer, in which he asked, pray that you will know that you're where the Lord wants you to be. Well, I knew I was, but I prayed anyway. And uh, lo and behold, uh, one morning I was uh, getting ready to, to go to church. It happened to be a communion service that I was supposed to be in charge of. And I'm, set, I'm standing in front of the mirror putting on my tie. And the voice spoke to me. Of course, I never really, I mean, I've been called to a deacon. I've been called to a priest. I've been called to an elder. And... I'm thinking each time, Lord, do you know what you're doing? And is this of you, you know? And uh, each time uh, I accepted it, and I probably accepted it more out of fear that if I did, if it was the right thing, I didn't want to let the Lord down. And, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, I was spoken to. And the Lord says, and, and let me read this uh the scripture here in John 15:16, where Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, "Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, He may give it you." Well, I received that similar uh, voice a little, uh, just a, a little bit different because like I said I had questioned and some of you may still be questioning should he be an elder but anyway it, what uh, he said I, I have called you to Zion so I know that there is a Zion and I know where it's to be he said, I called you to Zion, even as I have called you to my holy priesthood, I have called you to Zion. I have chosen you, you haven't chosen me. And, uh, well, it was kind of all over then. Uh, the, only, the only thing left was to figure out how we were going to do it and, and how we were going to make the, the move. We had already, we had scheduled a trip back here to to Missouri, to we had some friends that lived here, and we so we scheduled 
a trip to come back and see the golden streets and and all of those things that we had heard about Zion and and uh, but there wasn't any question at that point whether we were going to come to Zion. It was just when and how. And the other thing uh, that I'd, I'd like to point out is that I um, the Lord had blessed me greatly and. And I probably had the prestige job in that little town. And and uh, uh, it wasn't an easy job to leave because I, I and in fact, had I had stayed there, uh, I'd have been a wealthy man, monetarily, not spiritually. And when you, you have to make that choice, is you want to be spiritually blessed or do you want money? And um, that's the choice that we made, that we wanted to serve the Lord and do whatever he had asked for us to do. So we did, uh, we, we came to Zion. And, you know, in those days, my family, we, we, whenever we traveled, we sang, you know, the Spirit of God like a fire is burning, Redeemer of Israel, our only delight. We had all of those church songs that we that we sang, and uh, um, and we were, we were excited about uh, coming to Zion, you know. And I've had all kinds of experiences here in Zion. If you're a pastor, uh, Joe, and some of the rest of you, too, people aren't always really nice to you, and. Uh, they will sometimes give you their idea of what you should be doing or are quick to point out what you've done wrong and none of us are perfect and I've made some mistakes and uh, but if we were more loving and less judging I think that Zion would be a lot closer than it is right now that we that we would understand instead of trying to tear people down, we build them up. And, and uh, uh, that raise uh, assessment of why we don't have Zion is because we're too critical of one another and we're more acceptable to tearing people down than we are building them up. And uh, there's a lot of good people. I, uh, I, I am so proud, and I shouldn't be, but of these Carnahan boys, and these young men who are willing to step up and to be a part of God's work. And there's a great work ahead of them for them to do, and and hopefully they won't get distracted. Uh, my oldest grandson, who um, was really on fire with the gospel, he he he, the Book of Mormon. Uh, internship. He was a Book of Mormon intern, and uh, he uh, he took a year out of college so he could go be a, uh, an intern. And and uh, I remember when he when he graduated from high school, we gave him a, a Book of Mormon, and he held it in his hand like it was some precious to him. But one man tore him up, and now he doesn't. He doesn't even believe in the gospel. He believes in the Lord Jesus, but not this church. And, and uh, it's uh, too many times those kind of things happen where someone who is in power uh, wants to straighten these somebody out. And I pray that these young men will never have to face that kind of situation where someone will try to straighten them out. And uh, uh, and if you are going to straighten them out, you could do it with love, and not not uh, put your thumb on their head and push them back. Uh, he's a brilliant young man. He has a Ph.D., but he has a. I mean, he's in the woke world, and he has such potential. And my daughter and her family, because of him, have become not active in the church. And it's a, just kind of destroyed that family because of one man uh, destroying uh, one person. And we, if we are going to build Zion, 
We have to be lifting people up and drawing them closer to the Lord. It's all right to give some crook, some, um, some, some, uh, constructive criticism, but it isn't to the point where you, you beat someone down and they, they can't recover for it. And there were, this person met with a group of those young people who were in the missionary corps. And uh, not only my grandson, but one of the other kids and uh, one, of the, uh, one of the other ones has survived, kind of. But... Uh, uh, we have, if we're going to build Zion, we have to be have the pure love of Christ, and and to be able to uh, understand the needs of the people that are around us, especially us who have the responsibility of carrying the Lord's work. We have to be more considerate of the of that part of our whatever we do, we do in love, and we do it to lift people up, not to tear them down. And I slipped up a couple of times and didn't. I gave somebody my opinion that, that probably I could have done it in a better manner. Um, I had, they had made an accusation against me which wasn't true. As somebody said, I heard somebody said said this. They didn't know whether it was true or not. This is what I've been told, and. And we, we can't do that. If you don't have the facts, if you don't know what happened, you don't take somebody else's word uh, that something happened because it might be just their opinion. And and uh, I don't have the answers to fix the problem of Zion. Seven more years and we'll be in it 200 years. So, and we know that that uh, a thousand years is one day with the Lord. So we know that he's, he's got time, but, and if we don't do it, somebody else will. And so I'm so um, uh, um, concerned about our possibilities of, uh, I like, the, when I start a project, I like to finish it. And this project has been going on for years and and years and years, and so there has to be more of us who are dedicated and want to go that one more step to make put this gospel first, right, and the Lord Jesus first in our lives, so that we are able to push past the foot of the cross, as Brother Jared said last week. We need to push past the foot foot of the cross and to to take the Lord down off of that cross. He died there for you and me. He, he, he was willing and God gave His only Son that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And what kind of sacrifices are we making to be able to promote this gospel? Now my, my gift, and some of you probably are saying, uh, that I'm right is not particularly speaking up here, but my gift is with these, and and we are all we we're we're not the same. We we all have different talents and gifts. You might be a good salesman, you 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 might be a good speaker. You might you know you you might be able to build roads and bridges. You 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 might. Uh, be able to fly airplanes, you know, it's just, you might even be a doctor, who knows. Uh, but there's a, there's a calling for each of us. And God has given us different gifts and talents to, to help to build His kingdom. And I've shared with you before, I happened to, not too long after I came to Independence, uh, Raisins, or some of you may have known Ray because Ray was out of, he was uh, taught at Graceland College. But Ray was a believer in the in Zion, in the building of Zion, and uh, I remember he preached a sermon one one time, and he said, "You know, uh, we raise one person above the other person in importance, but could you imagine if you went two weeks in Independence without the garbage collector, what the streets would look like? 
everyone has a purpose and every job and position is important and that's how it's got to be in the city of Zion. We have to be willing to pick up the trash if that's what we're called for. And we've been we've we are we lived in a blood we yeah, that's probably lived is probably a better word. We we lived in the greatest country on earth but is slowly being deteriorated by the, the woke mob. I'll just put it out there. Uh, but pretty soon we, we, don't want, we can't say girl or boy. We have to say they or some crazy thing, like in my opinion. Uh, we, we just have to, uh, we have to stand up. Time, time It's come time for us to stand up. And I'm, 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 I'm getting to be an old fellow. And God has really given me some extra years. And sometimes I wonder why am I still hanging around. But he has given us some extra time. And, uh, and we need to use it to the benefit of the building of the kingdom of God. You know, another thing in my life, when I, when I was growing up, we were poor. I mean, that was... Uh, I had one pair of jeans and a white T-shirt, and my mom would wash them, and I'd wear them again the next day. And uh, so um, there, there was, uh, I could never, I, they couldn't and I couldn't ever dream of being where in this position. I mean, I don't have nothing, but, but I have a lot more than what my parents had or my grandparents have had. And... Uh, uh, but uh, um, my my dad, he grew up down in, down south around uh, Weatherford uh, area, uh, Dallas Fort Worth Weatherford area. He grew down there, and and uh, you know all the the 18 years that I was home, I never my dad never told me he loved me. I never heard the words "I love you." From my dad, I heard it a few times from my mom when she was using the switch on me. She said, "I'm only doing this because I love you," and uh, so uh, that was uh, that's. But but I uh, and and I was reminded of this a couple of weeks ago when Tony spoke and he was talking about his dad and having a dream, and I had a uh, uh, had a dream, and it was. I was inside of a building, like the building that when I worked for Marion Labs, and I was working my way through to the cafeteria. And as I walked into the cafeteria, uh, my dad was standing there, and he had a he had a Marion Lab uniform on, uh, and he appeared to be about maybe 35 years old, and there wasn't. Uh, we walked over to each other and we embraced, and he said, I love you. And that's the only time in my whole life that I heard my dad say, I love you. And that, that was a, an experience that I won't soon forget. Um, I know that, I know that uh, throughout my life, different things have happened, different opportunities have came, and they only come from one reason, and that was because... God was looking over me. And the, I, I learned very well, midlife, late life, that when you make major decisions, you pray about it. And you ask God, and He will guide and direct you if you sincerely ask Him and you want to do His will. And He will, He will ask, He will, um, He will guide and direct you. In Psalms 50, 1 through 5, the mighty God, even the Lord, has spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun unto the going down thereof. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God has shined. Our God shall come and shall not keep silent. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous round about him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth, 
that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. Those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. In Doctrine and Covenants, 140 we read, 145C and D, the work of preparation and perfection of my saints go forward slowly. And Zionic conditions are no further away nor any closer than the spiritual conditions of my people justify. So what's your spiritual condition? What is our collective spiritual condition? And that all backs up to the pure love of Christ. If we have the pure love of Christ, we will have that spiritual condition. In one, section 142, 5a and b, the hopes of my people and the goals of my church, while not yet fully realized and at times and to many seemingly distant, are closer to realization than many recognize. It is yet day when all can work. The night will come when for many of my people the opportunity to assist will have passed. So, you know, uh, God has been so good to us. Uh, I don't know about you. Uh, I am, as I uh, watch the news, which I, I probably spend too much time watching the news and see what's going on around our country. Uh, if we didn't know the Lord, uh, it would be frightening. And uh, you know, it's so, so many things that happen to us because we know the Lord that uh, that we can stand brave and uh, and we can proclaim the the knowledge and the information that we have about the Lord um, and feel secure uh, as, as we continue in His work. And many of you who've heard me speak before, the fourth book of Scripture uh, is, you know, the that I get so much out of. And, and you know, many times uh, I come to prayer service and you know, occasionally I'll share it, but not very often. But I love to be with you and sing the hymns, and to feel the closeness. You know, I was also reminded of the times that we have gone to reunions or we've gone to camps, and we've spent one week together. And when it comes time to go home, we don't want to go home. You know, my wife and I took 35 kids to, to Kirtland and to Palmyra and on a trip. Those kids all wanted to to move in with us when they got home. They wanted to live with us because of the because of the spirit that they felt when we were sharing together and we were lifting each one and everyone was equal. And and we we had a couple of that we had to work with that were a challenge. But whenever you get a group that big they're gonna have a challenge or two. But but we really did have uh, many, many uh, reunions, camps where we work together with uh, young people and 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 um, uh, uh, Patty Patty is here this morning and and uh, um, when they were we've we've known each other since back in 75 or 76 so about 47 years something like that but they asked us to be guardians of their children if anything happened to them. And Christy, I was doing a project for Christy, and she told me how disappointed they were <laughs> that their mothers, the mother and dad lived, <laughs> that they didn't get to come and live with us. You know, but but uh, 
David David passed away uh, three weeks ahead of Noni. And so she's been a great comfort to me. Hopefully we've been a comfort to each other. And uh, we're very good friends, and that's uh, where we're at at this point. But uh, um, So in case some of you might have seen her and I together at a different event, uh, we are very good friends, and, and I love Patty very much. I have always loved her since, uh, you know, back in the 70s. And, and it, uh, it has worked out for us to be able to share together. And uh, But anyway, I'm getting, I got a little sidetracked there. But anyway, some of the hymns that, that I like to, that, and I've just, uh, in, in the effort to uh, cut down the time, um, and we're, we're talking about love, and, and it's the one, oh, love that will not let me go. And that's the kind of love we have. I rest my weary soul in thee. I give thee back the life I owe. I, I give thee back the life I owe. And that's what we need to do. God has given us love. Um, and then one of, one of the favorites that we always sang almost every time we got in the car was, Oh, my people, saith the Spirit. Get you up then to your mountain, Zion, of this closing day. Be not slothful, but obedient. For the glory of my coming waits upon your way. Up unto God who knows our every weakness, with faith we lift our hearts in prayer, asking in humility and meekness for your love, his, for his love, his direction and his care. In these latter days with songs of praise, we must all help to spread the gospel story, our every deed from sin be freed, till Zion we redeem. Are you praying to God? Or are you asking for direction? Do you want to do what He wants you to do? Hast thou heard it, O my brother? God's eternal voice to thee, softly coming toward the outland where his Zion yet shall be. Something for you, go and find it. Brave the broad uncharted sea, where beyond the sea, before beyond, beyond the seen horizon lies the land of promise free. Send forth thy light, O Zion, out from thy tower shall go. The radiant beams of people in tune with God can know. Are we in tune with God? This, this music has been given to us as a gift from the, the many of these, or I believe, are additional scripture. For only saints outreaching to those their lives can bless shall dwell in the protection of Zion's holiness. Onward to Zion, faithful and strong. Zion the beautiful beckons us on. Onward to Zion, to Christ we belong. Service the watchword, we fight against wrong. Let us be faithful, His will be done. To God the glory, to Him the song. I, uh, um, have to say that how, how thankful I am for so many of you in this congregation over the, uh, actually, um, it's easier for me to keep track than it is for you, but in July I will have been in this congregation for eight years. And, uh, so some of us, it seems like yesterday, but it's been eight years since since Noni and I came. And really, she she was uh, uh, there were so many things that happened here on that first day that we were here. Nobody, none of the rest of you knew who we were. Uh, we were strangers in the congregation, and it was a communion Sunday. And 
Lo and behold, the only one that was up front that was serving communion was Tony Brown, and he knew us. And uh, uh, one of uh, one of Noni's favorite songs we sang that that Sunday, and uh, we we were just coming here to Buckner. We were going to go to Atherton and other congregations to see. And uh, she said, "This is it." And so, uh, and it has been it. And she was in uh, in love with so many of you. Uh, you know, Beth and 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 uh, uh, Charlotte and and uh, so many of you. Uh, Kay, where's Kay? Uh, her the first time she came uh, to to the the, the girls meeting uh, the, that Monday or Tuesday they had a, the first time she come. Her and Kay met at the front door. And she doesn't know Kay and. Uh, but the door was locked, and they started laughing about them being the, the unwise virgins standing outside the door that it was closed. And her and Kay had a had a bond uh, for the full time, and uh, it was just small things like that. So, so we have the capacity to love. We have the capacity to reach out and touch each other's life to offer a hand to those who need it. And so, you know, I challenge each of us this morning as we have an opportunity to serve one another that we remember the pure love of Christ and that, that I love all of you. And, and, and you, many, many of you have shown that love back to me. It's been reflected. And we need to stay on that track of loving one another and lifting each other up, and and uh, uh, trying to establish that full-time reunion or camp that we have that, and I, I have that when I come here to meet with you on Sundays and Wednesdays, the the comfort of being with you in the presence of my Lord. And so I hope we keep that up and we just get stronger. May God bless each one of you as we seek to build his kingdom, to be a part of that great work that he has called us to do. It's a blessing for me, and I thank each of you for your love and your concern for me. Thank you, Brother Ray. I think we've heard the challenge. Are you doing all you can do for your master? Are you sharing that charity that he has shared with each one of us? Are you telling of the sacrifice he made for each one of us? Are you telling what gift he has waiting for us? I think we've had the challenge. Let's sing hymn number 448.
Our Heavenly Father, once again we approach Your loving throne of grace, Lord. Knowing that You are the Creator, the Giver of all good gifts, the Creator of love and compassion, I pray, Heavenly Father, that we may exemplify in our lives the charity, a greater portion of that love which you share. May we show it in our lives. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with each one of us now as we leave this, your house of worship, and that we may once again return this evening once again, to worship you, to give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.